Welcome to OECD Podcast, where policy meets people. The era of global boiling has arrived, according to the UN, and the world's cities are feeling the heat. To accelerate adaptation efforts and help cities work better together to address the dangers of extreme heat, the Arstrock Resilience Center and Extreme Heat Resilience Alliance created and piloted the first chief heat officer positions in 2021. And today, there are seven people in this role across the world. Chief heat officers are government officials working in cities to deliver a unified response to extreme heat. What innovative strategies are they implementing? And what challenges do they face? I'm Jessica Voorhees, and you're listening to OECD Podcasts. For this second episode of our two-part series on how cities are tackling extreme heat, I'm speaking with two chief heat officers, Cristina Widobro of Santiago, Chile, and Elisabeth Bargiani of Athens, Greece. Cristina, thank you for joining me today. Can you tell me what it entails to be a chief heat officer in Santiago? My role is to implement Governor Orego Extreme Heat Plan. He's the governor for the city. And the main objective is to make citizens aware of the dangers of extreme heat for their health. In addition, I have to raise awareness and communicate about the threat of extreme heat, both in my institution, the regional government of Santiago, and in other agencies of the city. So Santiago is the second most affected region in Chile from extreme heat waves. How are you and your team responding to this crisis? In less than a year, we already have a red call, which is a protocol for extreme heat. It helped to explain people and educate people of the, the danger of being exposed to extreme heat. Because most people, we have a saying in Spanish, like, me muero de calor, like I'm, I'm going to die because of the heat. But it's a saying, people actually don't believe they might actually die from extreme heat. So I think this red call, these uh, campaigns have helped us to explain how you need to protect yourself, your family, your loved ones from extreme heat. It has been really useful to have a policy led by an authority like the Governor Orrego. He has a, a huge platform to communicate to citizens how to not only to learn about it, but also how you can protect yourself, which is really easy. You only need to find shade or, or seek for shade, rest your body and drink lots of water. Actually, nobody has to die from extreme heat. And, and that's an important message that we have been communicating to, to people through our social media campaigns and in every communication piece that we put out there. And I'm wondering also, what are the impacts of extreme heat on vulnerable populations in Santiago? And how are you working to protect them? Well, we have a really unequal city. The Santiago, Chile, like most or other cities in Latin America, we have lots of inequality. So we have rich neighborhoods, we have poor neighborhoods, and they have really different quality of infrastructure, especially green infrastructure. So if you go to vulnerable neighborhoods where vulnerable population lives, you have really low presence of tree canopy, parks, green spaces. So we have developed two big projects. One is um, urban tree reforestation, and the other one is pocket forest, which are these small, tiny forests with the Miyawaki technique. And those, we're, we're actually, we're prioritizing those vulnerable neighborhoods because we know that where vulnerable people live, you have not only less coverage of trees, but also 
you have less quality of materials, we have a lot lots of density, so the need of green space is it's it's bigger. So actually we're trying to start closing the gap between tree coverage between vulnerable neighborhoods and, and others. And is this connected to the initiative, the Protar program, which is aiming to plant 30,000 low water consumption trees across the city? Yes, Brotar program or Sprout program, it's our urban tree reforestation program, which will plant 13,000 low water consumption trees across the city. That program is really ambitious because it's not only about planting trees, which is, of course, the most important part of it, but also to understand how we are planting trees in the cities. We have a really low quality of green infrastructure. We have many trees in the city, but most of them are uh, sometimes a little damaged. So this product program is about planting trees, but also bringing new techniques, better state-of-the-art techniques of planting trees, and also better techniques for training, for watering, and so ensure that we're going to have a better quality of urban tree in the future. Besides that, we also are having workshops in schools with communities, trying to have a little environmental education, also monitoring the, all the pilots we are doing. So it's a really ambitious program with lots of components, trying to not only plant trees, but trying to develop a public policy for the region for the long term in terms of green infrastructure. And what do you think are the biggest challenges facing Santiago when it comes to tackling extreme heat? and promoting climate mitigation, adaptation, and urban resilience. I think the challenge to address this is time. Growing a tree takes time. Seeding needs to happen today if we want to, to continue to have our way of life in the future. So I think the challenge is time and bring as many people as possible together uh, with this partnership, like with private and, and public sector, in order to, to address this topic quick as possible. And I, I would say, like any other Latin American city, we have so many issues going on, like education, health, daily needs, like security, for example, challenges all the time that when we talk about climate change, sometimes it's not the first priority. And I would say should be the one or the number one priority, but if not, at least in the top three or five of the city. So I think we still need to bring more awareness about this pressing challenge and also plant trees today if we want to get the benefits in the near future. Thank you so much for your time, Christina. I'm turning now to Elisabeth Bargiani in Athens, which is one of the hottest capitals in Europe. Elisabeth, as the second person to fill the role of chief heat officer in Athens, a post which you took up this May, how do you plan to build upon the work of your predecessor to protect Athenians from extreme heat? Among biggest priorities for the city of Athens is to continue to strengthen public awareness programs regarding heat-related risks. As we have seen with the latest heat wave clown, soaring temperatures are incredibly dangerous. But the promotion of simple but effective practices like staying hydrated and seeking shade can quite easily be the difference between life and death in this case, especially among vulnerable populations like the elderly and the young children. 
For example, we now have launched a website in English and Greek dedicated to the protection and support of the city's residents during the heat wave. And we're working very closely with the Red Cross on training people, training our city officials from uh, our health clinics and the social services uh, in order to prevent and deal with the effects of uh, heat waves on the health, on the health of the especially the vulnerable groups. Heat is a horizontal risk that not only affects health, but challenges also our infrastructure, the energy systems, our buildings, our economy and commerce. And uh, at the end of the day, the way that we lead our lives. So in that sense, opening a dialogue with local, national and international stakeholders for achieving heat resilience in all sectors affected and creating allies and synergies within and outside the city administration is one of key priorities. Can you explain what are the impacts of extreme heat on the health and well-being of residents in Athens? Heat is called the silent killer because unlike many other disasters, it's often not visually dramatic. However, uh, globally, it's the deadliest meteorological hazard uh, in an average year and without action to reduce emissions, things are, are only going to get worse. In Athens, the city's hottest days are projected to become three times more frequent by 2050, from 9 to 10 days in a typical year today to 27. Uh, we are losing about $100 million in uh, worker productivity due to heat, and that is um, likely to be tripled, get tripled in the next uh, 30 years. And of course, heat uh, comes a greater likelihood uh, of uh, wildfires. So the stakes are incredibly high for adapting to these dangerously high temperatures. And so at the moment, Greece is facing the longest and most intense heat wave in its history. And temperatures in Athens have exceeded 40 degrees Celsius for several days. What measures are you taking right now in the city to protect residents from the heat? We have opened specially designed air conditioned rooms in seven municipal districts of the city of Athens with extended hours, one in each municipal department for all our fellow citizens without a distinction. We offer them drinks, coffee, and it's free to all. We also support the homeless on the street with some street work groups and teams are made up of social workers, nurses, psychologists that continue daily throughout the heat wave to be with the people and advise and protect them from the heat waves, give them bottles of water. We also help uh, run a helpline that operates from 8 o'clock in the morning until 8 o'clock at night, providing information and support to the residents by specialized uh, staff of the municipal clinics. We take care of the city's stray animals, uh, having installed 150 watering cans in the capital's uh, neighborhood so the animals can be cooled off throughout uh, the heat. We also support the elderly people through the Help at Home program to prevent and deal with the symptoms of extreme heat inside their homes. We run the Extrema Global applications with, uh, with real-time information on the temperature and heat class of the day with corresponding precautions that indicate on the map the nearest pool uh, spots, such as fountains, parks, the coolest route for its destination through shady tree-lined streets, and informs about the city's air pollution levels. The application works in six languages. It has integrated the location of popular attractions and museums in the city. And I think it's also 
and a useful applications for the visitors of the city, not just the, the residents. And now, in the days of the heat wave, we also have um, a big cooling station in the central square of Athens, Sigma Square, where we offer water to all visitors and the residents of the city. Thank you so much, Elisabeth, for speaking with me today. To listen to other OECD podcasts, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and soundcloud.com slash OECD.